Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, friends and foes alike. I am the West Virginia woman, Robin Holstein of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a good night's sleep at a fair rate plus breakfast. I've been keeping house since I was 17 years old, balancing the budget and paying the bills as an army wife on the salary of a PFC stationed at Fort Hood, Texas, and as a single mother of two back home in West Virginia. Things have changed a lot since then, but I haven't forgotten what it was like. This podcast looks at society and cultural issues affecting families in West Virginia and in the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go round the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. Let's see if I get it right this time. I swear to Pete, one of these days I'll figure all of this stuff out. Guys, hi, it's me, it's Robin, Robin Holstein, and I'm back for episode three. And I honestly, I'm so tickled. I have been watching the Fountain app and um, uh, learning how to use it and learning how um, the boosts and the sats and the clips and all that stuff kind of work together and um it's it's a pain to do on my little phone and i had trouble i was trying to install the fountain app on my android tablet and it wanted to it said you know you have to email the code and the set and it wasn't working so i reported it as a bug and i i hope the uh, that they get that worked out because that tablet is larger and i think i would be able to um see and respond of course I have a Bluetooth keyboard and and I can type faster uh, than I think sometimes but uh, anyway I'm going to try to do my best I I had so many oh thank you guys thank you guys so much for the um, value for value love that you gave me for that inaugural episode I have to say I'm I'm really I'm really humbled by it I I you know in the scheme of all of the world it's not that many but to me it it really is it's 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 been a lot of support and um i i just i just really am humbled by it um this is episode three of the hosting house podcast premiering on the fountain network Mm, and you know how um a lot of people will add their people who boosted at the end Um, for right now I'm going to try to sprinkle it through because I don't have as many as those big people do (laughs) so it doesn't take five whole minutes to roll through them but I'm going to I'm going to sprinkle a few through uh, about three different spots um, in the in the show today or the podcast today the first one though however the first one has to go out to um fountain member Joey DD Joey DD he or she I think it's a guy I looked at it I'm pretty sure it's a guy (laughs) in today's world you just don't know but I'm pretty sure it's a guy Joey DD is the first inaugural episode booster now there are others but he was the first and Joey I want to thank you very much for your 970 sats I really really do appreciate it uh, Joey said it in a comment. He said it felt like we're meeting over coffee. And I'm going to tell you something. 
I love my coffee. I love my coffee. And seeing how much I do love that coffee, that's some high compliment indeed that he paid along with the 970 sat. So he did take issue with part of my rant regarding voting. And I just want to say that, you know, I get it. I get it. I get your comment, Joey. Um, and I don't think we're all that far apart. But honestly, you know, if we all agreed to everything 100% of the time, it'd really be a, a terrible, terrible world to live in. Because we do need diversity of perspective and diversity of opinion. And um, I really, I really, uh, I, I believe that. So if you found me on Fountain, thank you very much for stopping by. I hope you'll boost. I hope you'll clip and share with all your friends and followers. And if I bring you value, I hope you'll give me value in return. So let me get on with this program today. I want to start. I'm going to tell you, I've been, I've been jotting down some notes for a couple of days on some things. And I want to start with food deserts. Now, hopefully I don't run you off and hopefully you don't take this as some kind of wimpy liberal do-gooding that's not where I'm at. West Virginians, and a lot of Appalachians really, I guess, but West Virginians get a lot of teasing and we take a lot of flack for our population being overweight um, with poor diets. But uh, I want some of you guys need to stop and think, how far do you travel to go to the grocery store? Do you have a grocery store around the corner? Can you walk a block or two to get a few things for dinner? Maybe you have a delivery service for groceries. And then I'm not counting the ones that ship, you know, like order uh, stuff from Amazon or order it from Sam's Club or Costco or whatever and have it delivered. That doesn't, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a regular grocery store where you can go and you can get fresh grocery, fresh foods. Um, personally, I can walk to a Walmart. There's a Walmart that from my front door to uh, one particular part of the parking lot that goes up along towards, it's got a little sidewalk that goes to the front door it's a mile so I it two miles round trip and this time last year I was walking it about every morning for exercise I, a lot of reasons we'll go into another time about why I don't do that right now but anyway eight miles east of me there was a small grocery store called Save-A-Lot now I think Save-A-Lot is a larger chain but this particular store was a little small store. I remember when I was a kid. Here we go, Granny. Get off my lawn. No, when I was a kid, my my grandmother used to shop on Saturdays. Every Saturday, she went up to the to this particular building, the same very same building, but it was a grocery chain called Big Star. She go up there every Saturday, and there, if you were standing looking at the front door, to the right there was a gas station, and to the right of that there was a Dairy Queen. And so my half-sister and I would, not every Saturday, but we would, we would go with her on occasion. And while she was doing her grocery shopping, we would walk around to the Dairy Queen. We were maybe eight or nine years old. Back when you could do that and not have to worry about some 
freak grabbing you up and running off with you somewhere. Anyway, that building is about eight miles from my front door. And there are people in a section of uh, my county called Pond Gap. Pond Gap is about 10 miles up the holla from where this Save-A-Lot was. So they would drive 10 miles out to go to the grocery store and then drive 10 miles back. So just recently, this Save-A-Lot shut down, boarded up, shut down. And now these same people have to, the closest sto grocery store to them now is the Walmart just above me. So these same people are having to drive 10 miles out of the holla and then 8 miles my direction to go to the grocery store. So it's 18 miles one direction, 36 miles round trip to go to the grocery store. And there's a lot of places in my county that have to drive further than that. And I'm not counting gas station convenience stores. I'm talking about where you can go get fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, eggs, and milk and stuff. Well, I guess you can get those at the convenience store. But you know what I'm talking about. You're not idiots. I'm not talking to 12-year-olds here. So I'm, at, I'm not counting gas stations. So if, if you have a vehicle that gets 30 miles to the gallon, you're, bore, you're burning a little more than a gallon of gas to go to the store and back right now in my area. Gas is about three and a quarter a gallon. Might not seem like a much to you, but to someone in West Virginia making minimum wage, it is because minimum wage in West Virginia is eight seventy-five. So you're you're spending, you know, a third of your hourly rate just to run to the grocery store if you're living in some of those areas. Now you know I don't I don't want to be in and in, in, bear with me a few minutes. I don't I'm not trying to be another angry conservative with a podcast okay that that's not where I'm trying to go but I do want to say this people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez have zero idea of what life is like in the rest of the United States the average salary in West Virginia is less than sixty thousand dollars a year they're pushing for these electric cars. Well, the cheapest electric car, according to Edmonds, is about $27,400, or 46% of the average salary for one year for the average West Virginian. And then you have to add your personal property taxes, and you have to have full coverage insurance, and you have to add financing. You know, if you can get that car, if you can even get one, It's not just as simple as, oh, go buy a car. And you can't just cut a check for $27,400 to be done with it because you're still going to owe taxes. And you're going to have to pay for the electricity to charge it. And I know some folks have already hashed through this. I'm not really late to the game because yeah, I was having this conversation at that point, too. This is in relation to this grocery store shutting down. A food desert that... There's a lot of people in my area of, that 
claim they live in a food desert because there's they have to go I don't know half a mile to the grocery store those are people in Charleston liberals that live in Charleston oh my gosh we have to get on a bus and go across the bridge and we have to yeah well I've got people in my area that are driving 36 miles round trip there's no bus that goes to their house anyway currently now if you if you're telling these people they got to have a, an electric car currently the average monthly electric bill in West Virginia average monthly electric bill in West Virginia is $136 a month according to findenergy.com and that sounds kind of high but it's an average the base bill is crazy high in West Virginia. Now, oh, it's not as high as it, everything relative. You know, how far they have to drive out of the hollow to get someplace, how far, you know, how much gasoline is, how low the wages are, all of this is relative. And according to gearandcylinder.com, Charging an electric vehicle at home would likely add $25 to $55 to that electric bill. So pushing it almost to $200 a month on average. And the taxes you're paying on it. And the financing you're paying for it. And so how do you charge it? Well, you charge it, you know, you plug it into the appropriate type of power source which most people don't have anyway. And most of the streets in, in my town wouldn't be able to hold it. Oh, hold it's not the right word, but the electrical setup in my small community would not be able to handle too many people with an electric car. But that electric goes into the batteries, right? We had this conversation before about the lithium batteries. So... How long are those those batteries going to last? I almost bought a VW a couple years ago that had that was like dual, kind of like the Prius, where it used electric at certain areas at certain speeds, and then used the gas power under others. And um, I didn't buy it because at the time I looked up, you know, the age life cycle life cycle of the batteries and that particular car was close to one and they're outrageously expensive but um, um, geek.com said that the estimated range for today's electric car batteries is about 200,000 miles that's better than I thought I have to give it that I have to give it that uh, when, dri when driven around 12,000 miles a year that is that's uh, around 17 years before the battery needs to be replaced, they said in the in the article. And they also said that's a little less than the average of 15,000 miles a year logged by most drivers in North America. Now, I'm going to tell you something. In West Virginia, that's just not even close. You drive 12,000 miles before June in most cases. See, we don't have... We're, we are a rural state. Even our cities aren't that much the city of Charleston has less than 50,000 people in it in the city limits 
So most of the people in our state live way far. You drive 30 miles to get into work every day. Easy. Easy. And my husband drives a lot further than that. But we chose not to move because our parents are still here close. And they're up there in age and we need to be close to them. Anyway, for most of rural West Virginia, 12,000 miles a year is really unrealistic. And you're not driving flat ground anyway. I drive a, I drive a 2012 Fiat 500. And that little thing just zips. I love it. It zips all over the place. I, I just I have a ball <laughs> riding in that car. But when I take it up the turnpike to go to Beckley, it likes to kill it because those mountains are so steep on the turnpike. I've burned up valves in my car going up those mountains. I kid you not. I didn't know what was happening until I got home. And my husband checked. He said, zero compression on cylinder one, I think is what it was. One or two. One, I think. I'm like, what? What? What does that mean? He said, you've got to burn up valve. I'm like, well, okay. And then he he, he fixed that, which is a nightmare in that little car because it's just the engine's so tiny. And then he drove it to work a few times to try to save gas when gas was spiking here. Um, it's been a couple years ago now because I was working on that grant. But anyway, he, he, <laughs> he hit a deer with it. And they didn't total the car, which I'm surprised because the <laughs> it's just a little tiny spit of a car. But he, we got that work fixed, and then he was driving it back to work again, and he burned up a valve in it too, and it just it's crazy, just crazy. Anyway, so the 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 strain that you're going to put on a battery powered car going up and down some of the mountains in West Virginia is crazy it's crazy and the cold weather which we're getting ready to roll into the winter time sucks the battery life out most people know this just with regular household batteries now how to geek says that most people buying into the electric car market today will get something closer to uh, UC Davis Research Center's average figure of 250 miles. As the battery tech improves, we'll probably see the average range increase. And that's like comparing it to a gallon of gas. So you would get on a charge, 250 miles on a charge. As battery tech improves, <clears throat> we'll probably see the average range increase over the next few years. But my overall point, and I, you know, I go off on all of these little, I don't want to call them rabbit hole trails or they don't go that deep. But anyway, the overall point of this discussion is that most of West Virginia has to go more than just a handful of miles to not blocks to go to the grocery store. And y you might be tempted to say, well, grow your own food, but, but don't, don't do that. Don't do that because there are so many things in the way of that. If you live in southern West, in the southern West Virginia coal fields or, or most of the state south of 64, 77, you live in an area, it's not really conducive to the victory garden lifestyle. The mountains are steep, the hollows are narrow, spring and summer rains and thunderstorms will just 
lead to substantial flood events. Substantial flood events. And, and even with the reclamation requirements, some streams are contaminated with acid mine drainage, making, you know, the, and it ends up contaminating water wells. I mean, you just, it's almost impossible to do. The, we're not living the same lifestyle our great-grandparents were, where you, you don't have strip malls with all the polluted pavement water running, storm water running down over the hill and into the creeks and across your yard. And I mean, it's, it's just a whole different world we live in today. And in most of the areas of West Virginia, you're not going to be able to survive. Plus, it's wintertime. You're not going to be growing anything out there now anyway. Most of our communities were built on coal, and I don't want to get into today this argument about whether coal's got, you know, got a, a finite life, life now or whether we've got enough coal and natural gas to last for hundreds of years. I, that's not for today's conversation. But most of these communities were built on coal, and men traveled into the communities. I know where I live, my great great-grandfather came here with the railroad they traveled in here on the railroad and as the railroad expanded they they settled here in this community and even even where I'm living now my great-grandfather raised I think it was six children was it six I think it was six in this area, they had a large parcel of land. They ended up, they divided that amongst the children. And then they had a section where they had a community, a family garden, a huge family garden. They had a section where they raised uh, pigs over, you know, in this other piece. But as the family further splintered, as as daughters and sons got married and, and they kept cutting these pieces of, of land up so that they could build a house for this one and that one, you you lost the ability to have that large garden to support the family. And so this town where my family roots go back so far past the 1900s, you, you couldn't raise a garden. If there's not a, a plot of land here in town that could raise a garden to feed a family. Just the garden, not counting any chickens or, or pigs or whatever else you might have had, which mostly was pigs and chickens. They didn't, I don't, I don't, I think dad didn't, has never mentioned them having cows. I guess they could have, but I don't think they had enough land to do that. But anyway, so, you know, these communities, men traveled in on the railroads. Uh, they traveled to some of the mines with the, I mean, you know, the mines brought the coal out. You know, when Mother Jones, we, we just went through one of those, um, uh, was it 100 years, 102 years since the coal mine wars? I think it was, a, I think this was the 102 years, but they couldn't have the recognition because of COVID. So anyway, so the coal mine wars started in Paint Creek, which is not that far from me as the crow flies. Mother Jones, who was this big union rallying, foul mouth, little bitty spit of a woman from, I think Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. You know, they talk about her rallying these coal miners, rallying these coal miners. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The church where she did some of that still stands. It's got a different name now. But she had to go up that hollow on the railroad. So the railroad goes up these hollows, and they put these mines in, and they haul the coal out. 
And one of these times we'll go into a little bit of the history of that uh, with, with the slaughtering of the coal miners' families and stuff. That's, that's for a different, different day. But these guys that worked in these coal mines, you know, their homes were just feet off of the coal, uh, off the rail road, rail yards, rail, Lord, I'm just tripping over my tongue, off of the rail lines. I mean, there's pictures all over the place in, in NPR's, or NPR, um, PBS has got a lot of them. Every so often they do these specials. And you'll see them and you can see that these houses you you walk out your front gate and you walk 10 steps and there's the railroad so the i mean and then just on the other side of that if you it's this other hill and so these are very steep narrow little hollows so these men traveled in uh, on the railroad they 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 were hired they set up they either brought their wives with them or they met families that were already in the areas and married the women there but these these folks were were a sort of you know they were a sort of slave they couldn't leave you couldn't just pack up and say well i'm not going to work for you anymore because these coal mines were so intertwined these the the mine bosses would send word to the coal mines on the next ridge over the next hill and say, Joe Smith just quit over here, don't hire him. That happened all the time. So you were a kind of a indentured servant or, or almost a slave, even though you didn't get whipped, you know. You weren't out in the fields and you weren't getting whipped. You couldn't leave. You had very little money, almost no cash. You had to you had to shop where they told you to in the company store. You had to live in the houses that they provided you in the company houses. And they worked in the dark. They died in explosions, roof collapses, or that long, painful suffocation that's black lung disease. They were treated like secondhand crap and ridiculed by a nation who sucked the very energy that their lives gave to produce. Some of them still, some of the families still live in the very desolate areas because they don't have anywhere else to go. Others will self-medicate to escape the, the depression. So you see all the stories about these uh, folks in Appalachia being, um, you know, either on meth. Uh, they're on heroin now. A lot of them are on heroin. Taking the opioid, opioid drugs to, for, for back pain. And, and that back pain, a lot of times, is very real. Very real damage done to the back working in these coal mines even with today's modernization there's a lot of work that can cause a lot of pain in those coal mines and i'm not trying to make excuses i'm trying to present to some of you guys a picture of what it's like to live here now it's not all black clouds and dust and smoke i mean there's some great things and we'll talk about those one of these times too wonderful things that go on in this, these communities but you with the closing of this particular grocery store, it just has hit me very hard. These folks just keep, just the hammers keep falling on them. And now they've got no grocery store. The, the 
the uh, electric company shut down the power station in their community. One of the plants, it was a small one. It was a small one. But it shut down during the last, no, it didn't shut, let's see, it shut down during the Obama administration, the tail end of the Obama administration. So their big tax base and big employment base, gone, just boom. Not overnight because they, you know, it, it was a, it was a slow, slow move and finally it happened. Now they have no grocery store. Those who are still in the area, probably a lot of them are on fixed income. They're older. They can't afford the fuel in their old cars. They can't afford a new car. Don't be telling them to buy no electric car now. And I guess, you know, just my overall point, and I know I, I go all over the place. And one of these days I, I might be able to streamline a little better with some better top focused topics. But, you know, there's a lot of institutional knowledge that with gardening that's gone. And there's a lot of uh, good garden land that's gone. And I know some of our friends out there in the podcast world and in the YouTube world and stuff are are into the um, uh, the, the permaculture lifestyle and things, and that's great where you can have it. But these these folks, that's that's not going to happen. They're not going to have the acreage. They're not going to be able to. They don't have the years to rebuild the soil, and, and it's just. In rare, rare cases, it, it's just, it's not going to happen. And my overall point is, you just can't make blanket assumptions um, when it comes to the availability of, of food, quality food, the availability to afford electric vehicles. Um, you know, my people, my people here in West Virginia and in the Appalachians, I, I can't really speak for all of Appalachia or all of West Virginia for that matter. But I know my my area, and, and it's just, they struggle to make it day to day. They can't pick up and move. They can't get a loan to pick up and move. You know, so it, it takes money to move. And even if you just pile into your old car, you got to have money for food and gas. And heaven help you if something breaks down. So I, uh, it... It, the the closing of of the grocery store just hit a nerve that that you know I knew as I talked about it as I talked about how hard it was be on people coming out of Pond Gap to try to go to the store that somebody out there is going to say well they should just move they should just get an electric car they should just fill in the blank it, life doesn't work that way it's not that easy for everybody. So, let me think, let me think, let me think. I, tr I, I, I promised myself this would be um, under an hour, and <laughs> I've already blown quite a bit of that. So, around the house, well, I, I told you the other day that, uh, that I had to get a new windshield for the Fiat. I did. It was successfully replaced. I do not yet have the inspection sticker, however, so I'm keeping my head, um, <coughs> excuse me, keeping my head down or low 
and try not to get out and get busted before I get that done. I didn't get it done today. Um, I didn't even leave the property today. I didn't go anywhere today. I spent today doing inside stuff when I really wished I could have been outside. But I got that replaced. I think I told you before it was $334. It was not cheap. It was not cheap. I don't like paying a lot of money for stuff. And my idea and other people's idea of a lot of money are usually not the same. Um, I might have told you, I told some of you in a, um, in a video, I think, on on the YouTube. Maybe it was a live when I was practicing with StreamYard and some stuff. Um, I bought one of those uh, water hose repair things. You know, it has two tubes you, you you shove you cut the bad spot out of the water hose and you put um one piece down in each side of that and there's a clamp that holds that in and then there's a male and female in that connect together and uh, i it, i have a, a really it's old <laughs> it's an old close to commercial grade it was it was pretty expensive but it wasn't quite commercial grade water hose and it's and it's really wearing out it's the the outer um rubber casing around it is starting to crack a little bit and it it had a spot that that had um cracked and come off of so it would when i'd pull it out to change the duck water and stuff it would crimp in the middle obviously cutting off the water but in um so I got this repair kit, I don't know, weeks ago, and finally got around to um, using it um, Saturday. So I, I cut the bad pieces out of the hose, and I put those repair parts in and twist it, twist it together, and voila, it's almost as good as new. Um, it should hold me through next spring, I think, and then I'll probably get a new one. I've had some of those flex hose thingies, the ones they say that that, that loud guy on the TV commercials uh, advertises that's as seen on TV kind of stuff and um, they started out where they called them a pocket hose or something like that and and uh, then they made them a little stiffer and then they put them in a a, uh, a chrome looking casing or something and, and they just keep adding to it so that you have to keep buying a new one. But I've had I had one of the original ones of those and after the first summer it had little p holes pop up in it i mean they just it was just shooting water out it ended up in a trash can and it didn't do it it didn't help if so i have a couple of pickle barrels that i use for uh, rain that i made uh, rain barrels out of and uh, i've got them connected together so i've got two i don't know if they're 55 gallons or whatever these gigantic black pickle barrels were um but anyway, it doesn't, if you put one of those uh, flex hose things on that, you know, they show that it, you turn the water hose on and it grows, you know. Well, it doesn't happen that way if you don't have water pressure. So if you're using a an, an outdoor water tank, rain barrel kind of thing that, that you're just using gravity to feed, that it, it doesn't, it doesn't stretch. You can't stretch that hose. You can't just pull it like a rubber band. It doesn't work that way. So I ended up, it was ended up not helping me a bit because if I didn't use it on the water spigot with the city water, it wouldn't expand enough to reach to where the duck's water, bath water is, or play water, pond water, whatever you call it. So I had to have, I had to have a regular water hose anyway. 
so I put the little cheapy one on the on the front uh, water spigot out the front of the house and I, I put the uh, the more expensive one the one that I ended up just patching up this weekend out back because I could hook it up to my rain barrels and the water would run through it it was it was great absolutely great but unless I see a great deal on a, um, I, you know, if I if I do see, it's, it's getting to be about the time where you can find odd and end things that the stores are trying to get rid of. I might be able to find a good water hose marked down pretty well. If I do, I'll go ahead and get it. But otherwise, it'll be next spring before I get it. So it's just another item checked off the repair list. We had the two guests uh, stay with us this weekend, two young ladies in their around their mid-twenties I think um they're really great kids they 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 arrived in in good time they were very polite and quiet and didn't have any trouble with them at all barely knew that they were here except that the dogs got tore up when they well I shouldn't say tore up but they'd get up and start barking and wiggling and carrying on when they come down the stairs that's about the only time way we really knew but one of the things <laughs> this is a terrible personal thing one of the things i have a, a difficult time with is when we have guests is that the ones that don't eat and and i i make stuff where i put put a, a little tray together for them to have for the it's like a continental breakfast style thing uh but i'll i'll i take it a little personal when they don't eat and i i really shouldn't but i did i do and um the, the young ladies this weekend they they didn't eat anything they didn't eat, eat anything at all so they got up sad they didn't get up till well they got here about six thirty or so which is a little later than i like but it's within a decent amount of time uh on friday they didn't get up until about eleven thirty. well they got up moving around about 11 and they went out the door about eleven thirty on saturday and i'd, I'd set this food out you know and I, I usually set it out about seven thirty, but it's covered or it's um it's um, on ice, like the milk and the juice is on ice. The breads that I set out are in a covered uh, container so that they're not exposed and getting stale. And the condiments, uh, the little little cups of, of, of um, uh, it's either grape jelly or apple butter, depending on what I put out there, and butter and cream cheese that I set out. It's covered and kept, you know, it's all kept good. It's not like it's laying out there for the flies to land on it but so I set it out about 7 30 and I told him I said I'll leave it out a little later you know there's nothing there it's going to go bad I'm not cooking eggs and stuff <laughs> they didn't need it they didn't fix any coffee they didn't need drink any milk or juice or anything heck they didn't hardly I don't think I saw them go to the bathroom and they we had it's a shared bathroom so they'd have to walk well it's not necessarily they'd have to walk in front of me but it's a shared bathroom I'd kind of know if they were in there but anyway, it's it's all right. I I don't. Why would you Why would you book a B and B, and then not use the bathroom there? My my listing on Airbnb is very upfront and honest about it being a shared bathroom, about the the bedrooms being upstairs. You're in my house. You know we live here. You're not renting a a separate building or anything so and the times and stuff so it's all there that i've got pets it's all just right in your but people don't read it people don't read it but that's the nature of the business <laughs> so i actually on friday i i actually i made i i 
play around with sourdough. I'm not an expert. I don't try any exotics and and stuff. Uh, I just want to be able to make a nice sourdough, you know, in case the I can't get yeast and stuff or you know, I'm I'm limited, but so I had made um Friday I had made uh, English muffins and bagels and I had made a sourdough bread on Thursday. So, you know, all from scratch and I had it packed up and and in the little tray that I set everything out. <laughs> so they didn't need it. It's wasteful, but you know, it's it's part of the cost of stuff. I I uh you have to you, you calculate all of that stuff per serving and and stuff when you fix the cost of the room. So I, you know, I keep tea bags and K-cups and boxed cereals and apples and bananas and oatmeals and stuff and condiments. And um, when the guests are expected, uh, like I have a lady come in on the 30th, I'll, I'll check what and, and restock what needs to be restocked. Um, fresh, fresh fruits, the apples and bananas, that's usually what I always buy because I can always get them. Um, sometimes depending on the season, I might get something, I may put some peaches out, but it depends on the season and when the guests come, because I don't have them every, I don't have guests every day. And I keep frozen orange juice because that, it's just so much more cost efficient to buy a, a little tube of frozen juice and to keep it than it is to try to either buy oranges or to buy uh, bottled juice. Uh, or single servings and stuff like that. It's just, anyway, I, I probably have three bucks in miscellaneous food setting at the table for, per guest. You know, if, if I sit down, I haven't run the numbers in a while. Excuse me. I haven't run the numbers in a while because I, I have it when I ran it before and my rates are more than enough to make up for it so I it's it's okay but the sourdough I mean honestly boy, it's flour and water maybe a pinch of yeast if my if my starter's a little little tired um, high dollar expensive flour maybe you pay maybe you've spent a dollar in a batch of sourdough um, you can split that into a couple of projects like muffins and bagels and bread oh my and then you know that that kit knocks the cost of of the of the meal down even further uh, milk that isn't put out for the guests you know so it doesn't leave the refrigerator other than the port in another container i i keep it to make yogurt butter milk farm cheese sometimes cream cheese and you know i think i've said before i use the extra income to offset the inflationary prices or or go out to dinner on occasion so it's no, it's no big deal in the in the uh, point of view that it's paid for. It's part of the cost of them staying, but it, I, it kills me. It kills me to have to put that food out to the birds, to the chickens and the ducks, and and the wild birds and stuff. It just, I absolutely hate it. I just see it as a big waste. But you know, you can't you can't turn around and feed it to somebody else. You know, I'm not going to take the food that I set out for you today and and put it out for somebody else tomorrow. That's just, you don't, that's just, you don't do that. And sometime this week I've got to do the, I think I mentioned to you that uh, 
I've got to do a new website. I got to rebuild, uh, or I got to put a new theme on my website. And I was looking at some of that today. Oh my gosh, it's the worst part is picking the theme, just trying to figure out which one's actually going to work for what I need. I I just have such diverse interests and things that I do. I I do a little bit of uh, soaps, hand ho homemade soaps. Um, I do the Airbnb. Uh, I've got my license to do weddings and stuff, and I've done some funerals and things. I can do that. I do some workshops and stuff. So I mean, it's just all over the place. So finding the right um, the right theme for the website is is the biggest challenge of you know which one's going to fit all that stuff. But I am going to move the, um, um, the Airbnb and my direct bookings to another site, which I already have. I already have it. I just have to build it. The garden, obviously there's no garden garden right now. The duck hens uh, haven't laid any eggs since around September, and, and that's, that's normal. That's just part of their cycle, so I'm not really worried. I did see Don Drake, the male, the only male bird I've got at all. He was being all amorous with a little uh, khaki Campbell that I call creme brulee. She's, she's a cute little thing, but um, they were kind of getting a little snugly on Saturday so I'm wondering if they're starting to work their way back out of this phase you, you go through a phase of they molt so they they slack off laying eggs during the molt and then along with the shorter days and then it all you know the molts over and the days are still short so that I mean I don't have enough I've got two hens now that lay I lost one of my hens back in the summer I've got two laying hens. I've thought about getting some more. I may have mentioned that to you before, too. Um, I like them. I love those ducks. They're just absolutely hysterical to watch. But I just don't know if I want to deal with a pile of them. I, I, don't, I don't have enough property to have too many more. And the chickens. But, I, you know, I kind of would like another couple females. I kind of would, so... My sprouts, my radish sprouts are moving along. I guess that counts as garden, kind of. Uh, they're in the jars. This, the radish sprouts are moving along. Probably be eating them up here in the next day or two. Um, they're taking a little longer than I thought they would. I really thought they would just go boom, you know. But they didn't. But they are coming along. The mung beans are progressing very well. The, the peas are not doing any better this time than they were the last time. The broccoli is slow. But it's progressing too. So I'm hoping, uh, I'm recording this on Monday evening. I'm hoping maybe by Wednesday I'll be eating those sprouts. I'm really kind of looking forward to them. Strawberry plants in the basements are holding their own. Ferns are still looking quite nice. I thought they might get stressed with moving them to the basement. But I think because I waited till the temperatures outside were pretty cool before I moved them down there, they adjusted fine. The grow light... It actually, it actually was off track. Uh, so I unplugged it for a few minutes, reread the instructions, and it uh, looks like I got the correct combination of things taken care of this time. I mentioned before that this is the third episode, the third, number three, my favorite driver, old Dale Earnhardt. Oh, I miss that. I miss NASCAR of Dale Earnhardt's day. You know... <laughs> 
the sissification of the United States, you really saw it starting to happen as NASCAR started just being pansies about racing. I mean, you know, back when Dale Earnhardt was driving, Sr., Dale Earnhardt Sr. was driving, and you just bumped and you knocked people out of your way, and it was, that was racing. He would say that that's race, that's just racing, and it was. It really was. And once they started cranking down on some of those, trying to make them all the same, and all this backwards backwards track and this that now when they did away with the Winston Cup it was the saddest day in NASCAR history anyway anyway um (laughs) this is episode three premiering on the Fountain Network I've said that before and here I'm going to acknowledge a few more people who have boosted the inaugural episode or even episode two Crypto Dog Crypto Dog boosted me 95 sats and suggested I do an episode on things in the area. I've done some social media shorts on them and I can do some things here. He mentioned the Gold Dome, which is our capital, and the Turnpike and all things in between. And I do actually, I have a little travel guide um, on my website, robinholstein.com, that can be downloaded um, that talks about some of the things to see in the area there's uh, quite a few historic spots that can be seen in the area I did a series of uh, selfie Saturdays where I took uh, pictures of myself in front of some of these places and posted them on social media I may revisit that and tie a little more in the description connecting up to Fountain and the podcast because I mean the work's already done it just hasn't been done here but anyway and just like what I was talking about up Paint Creek uh, the church there that Mother Jones spoke to the um, the coal miners march there's a new um, a new monument of uh, of uh, steel over in Marmette recognizing the uh, the miners march dad and I I stopped by there and showed it to dad and we were debating on how it was cut and he seemed to think it was done with a plasma cutter but I don't know if that's what it was or not it probably was anyway it's a figure uh it's um it's done in steel dad rattled off exactly what kind of steel it was I mean dad knows this stuff and it was it's uh, several silhouettes of coal miners a couple of females uh, and some information <coughs> plaques up about the march up Lynn's Creek and um, I could do a little more on that I guess and also but thank you crypto dog thank you so much oh my gosh you, it I really think all of the boosts i'm just thrilled for all of the boosts um hj boosted 155 sats for the inaugural episode and then another 115 for episode two and i really really appreciate that and atreus a-t-r-e-u-s atreus boosted 95 sats so you know if you found me on fountain and i hope you will 
continue to boost and clips i haven't had any um what you might call it native clips done i i've i've clipped one or two myself but that was just trying to use it trying to learn how to do stuff with the fountain app um you know i please feel free please feel free if i bring you value i hope you'll give value and um and i'll i'll be sharing out some of my satoshis as well so it'll be we'll just keep sharing amongst ourselves kind of like a kind of like a communicable disease we'll just keep passing it around <laughs> so i'm i'm still trying to figure out how the fountain app works well, no, not works, how it maneuvers. I mean, I know how it works. I get, I get that. But I'm, I'm struggling with maneuvering the app. Um, I get notices that somebody's boosted an episode, and it seems I have to go through so many steps to get to their comment, to be able to reply to their comment. Um, and I get notifications of people that I follow boosting and commenting on other sites and things, and then I have to figure out and go back and then some of the shows have new episodes and some of them don't and some of the information i'm looking at is for today some of but i have to select this to look back seven days and this for 30 days so I, i'm still trying to find my way around the app and um, I, I apologize if i'm not quick enough to reply back to some of you guys i know when i reply back it it it's a it's a 10 sat um fee if you want to call it that i mean I don't really call it that, but that's the best way I can come up with it right now. But, and I'm I'm going to work on you know being able to share a lot of that out um, with everybody. But I, you know, I get I get a um, say a boost uh, from somebody, and but they don't have their own show, and so I or I don't think they do. There's a couple that I that looked to me like they were somebody who probably has their own show, but I don't know how to find it. So let's say um, Atreus, and I don't know, I don't know at all. Atreus, let's say Atreus has his his or her own show somewhere, but I don't know how to find it. If I search on the name, I just get Atreus. I don't get, I don't especially when people don't use real names it's it's i apologize i apologize i i feel like i'm missing a critical step somewhere in all of this process that i have a piece over here and a piece over there but i'm missing that piece in the middle that would really help me a lot um I, i'm using my old iphone and in the scheme of things it's ancient um so i try i installed the fountain app on my android tablet i kind of mentioned that earlier but i i can't it won't recognize me and it says you know we're going to email a code and it's the right email address and the code never comes and so i can't verify it on the android app so that i can use it on a bigger screen with a keyboard and oh, so i i i, I just need, i need a fountain fm jargon cheat sheet too <laughs> I get I get what baller means I, I understand that that's an enormous amount of sats that somebody you know contributes but where does that line start does it start at 100 sats or, or 500 sats it, if I look up the top 
50. You know, you with the app, you can go look at the top 50. Uh, number f um, for the, the most, uh, for the ballers, the top 50 ballers contributions, number 50, when I looked, was at 8,888 sats. And it was from uh, someone named uh, Chris Liss or Chris LAS um, to Linux Unplugged. So I don't know what happens below that. So that's just the top 50. I, I don't know where they start. I need a dummy's guide to Bitcoin for old ladies and, and for a dummy's guide for um, Fountain FM for old ladies too. <laughs> I'm just... I'm trying to listen to some of the podcasts that talk about Bitcoin and Fountain and stuff and and I like you know podcast 2.0 and stuff but I, I there's like I said there's something I'm missing something I'm missing so but I'm absolutely thrilled with the amount of sats that I've received and and I'm going to be sharing this I just it just floors me it floors me that uh, that that I've got what I have so far in no more than a couple of days. Um, I'm sure there are people who get a lot more, a lot faster, but that's good for me. And, oh, and I used my uh, fold card for the first time this week. So I've had a fold card for several weeks now. Um, and I, I just, I had never loaded it. Actually, I tried to load it with my PayPal card, uh, debit card, and it wouldn't let me do it. And so I kind of got discouraged on that for a little bit. And so I tried uh, with my regular bank account card and uh, it worked. So I put my Sam's Club card needed to be renewed. And I thought, yeah, I want to try this. So I loaded the amount that my Sam's Club renewal was going to be onto the fold card. And, you know, I've waited several hours or whatever it was until it said that, oh, yep, you got money now. And here's your free spin or whatever it was. And then I paid for the renewal on the Sam's Club card with the fold card or sam's club membership with the fold card and then i got to spin the wheel right so the first spin it i had uh one percent back well it let me spin again and then it got me 0.75 percent back i said no 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 this won't work so i, sp I spun a third time got 2.25 percent uh bump in in sats back so i <laughs> I stopped there. I didn't want to keep trying. I had a couple more that I could have done. But I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. And I also have Coinbase and Strike accounts, but I don't know what to do with either of them either. I, I, I don't have a clue. <laughs> so I really, I want to take uh, Bitcoin as an option for um, reservation for the Airbnb, but I, I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. I, I, I think I sent, I think I send... A request from Coinbase in in the form of a QR code to, to potential guests, and then they would snap the QR code and then have an invoice to pay in Bitcoin back to my Coinbase account. But I honestly, I don't know. I don't know. There's like I said, there's a piece I'm missing somewhere. So, well, that I'm going to start wrapping it up. It's been it's been just right at an hour, and uh, there's a couple other things I had down, but I'm not going to get to them. I do want to uh, I do want to try to reach out to a couple of people about doing some interviews. 
uh, one of them's Toolman Tim and uh, the Bonds over at Permaculture Farms. I, I, I follow them on YouTube uh, and I'm connected with them here and I would love to, and it wouldn't be the standard um, interview. There's a couple of directions that I'd like to go with it. Um, just some of their backgrounds and some of the things that aren't necessarily related to uh, their shows right now. But if you know them, please um, ask them to reach out to me. I'm going to try to reach out to them too. I know they have given their email addresses out before, but I missed it. So I got to go back and dig that out. Um, but they can reach me at Robin at RobinHolstein.com. And if they put interview me in the subject line, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get back with them right away. So that's going to be a wrap for episode three. We're going to run over the hour just a little bit. Uh, episode three of the Holstein House podcast. <laughs> but before I go, I want to share one final round of supporters. Uh, King211 boosted 95 sats for episode two. That was good. I the dude, I D A D D U D E boosted 95. Xander 2789 boosted 19. I don't know how you pronounce this. H R I N A S boosted 95 and julie boosted 95 and l crypto <laughs> all right 15 from l crypto for streaming so thank you so much i'm still getting my sea legs with the fountain app your continued patience while i stumble through this is greatly appreciated uh we we premiered on the fountain network if you found me on fountain i hope you'll boost clip and share with all your friends and followers if i bring you value i hope you'll give me value and if you're listening to me on any other of the apps that I uh, put through on Podbean, I hope you'll you'll comment in some fashion. Let me know that you're out there, and uh, I I I hope I hope to be doing this again for <laughs> a good little while. I'm going to try to get some of those links that I talked about earlier, like with Edmonds and Find Energy and some of the other things in the show notes. If I can make that happen. The last time I tried to tinker with show notes, Podbean got mad at me and said I had too many characters. And every time I was counting characters, there weren't too many there. But I had put it in, If I but I copied and pasted into a Notepad and then copied and pasted up out of Notepad. And it was like, oh, okay, now that's all better. So I did, there was some hidden text in there somewhere. But I do appreciate it. Uh, we're just running over just an hour. I'm sorry to do that to you. But... I, Please come back. Please please spread the news. I'd love to have your friends sit in with us. And uh, what, uh, probably I'm going to probably end up settling into like a, a Tuesday, Thursday kind of routine. I, I think that's going to fit better with with my schedule, with the Airbnb, with, with the household, the way the household runs and things. Monday's just not generally a good day. Friday is the weekend, baby. So I, I we'll, we'll see. Uh, how that goes but I think the next one will be a combination of a live stream uh, through um, through StreamYard on YouTube and maybe Facebook I'm not sure yet and uh, as well as an upload to um, Fountain here on, on Fountain FM so again I thank you so much for your contributions you don't have any idea how much it means to me I'd love to talk to you again please leave your comments and um well, we'll see you the next time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
So, there you have it. Post your comments, do all that boosting, liking, sharing, thumbs up, and stuff that helps spread the word and poke the algorithms. Follow me on most of the big social media platforms and look for my name, Robin Holstein, or Holstein House. Till next time, bye-bye.